The Utah Jazz were down 17 with 535 left in the third. They were down 13 as we opened the fourth quarter. And then it happened. What? We'll try to decipher next on Postcast. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I know that the audio is not perfect right now. It's coming through the computer instead. I'm not quite sure why. I'll have to see what I can do to figure that out here in a second. We will fix it in just one moment. We'll be like the Jazz. We'll make a comeback here. And it will change everything, and then we'll get much better. And there it is. We now sound better like the Jazz. It didn't start well at all. Ended it's, well. It's going to end well. Merry, happy holidays uh, to everyone. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, my analogy during the game, and I'm not sure where this came from, was it was like having Christmas and your opening presents, and the first one you get from Uncle Jerry, and it's not good. And then Crazy Aunt Marjorie gives you some, like, crayon kit, and it's not good. And then Grandma Beth gives you the next one, and it's not good. And then Grandpa Steve's present's awful. It's a sweater. Nobody wants a sweater. And then finally, from the back of the trees come all the presents Somebody your, gives you money. Your pa- you get some money. Now you got a PlayStation and all of a sudden something else. And it just kept getting better and better and better and better and better. And that's what it was tonight for the Utah Jazz in this one uh, as they came from behind to win it. Ron Boone, explain to me what I just saw. Well, what you what you saw was some great shooting. And, and there's a lot of times, David, when a couple of good shots goes in and the momentum picks up and then everybody's starting to feel it. I think Jordan Clarkson probably was the one that, that really – started things to rolling, especially in that fourth quarter, him and him and uh, Laurie. But seeing Clarkson being able to score like we've used to want, watching him score, I think had a lot to do with, with the uh, – and I think Dunn made a great point. Chris had control of the game, which we just have not had a lot at right. times this year, so he deserves huge credit. Yeah. I, I think Jordan actually symbolized the night. I honestly was like kind of like – taken aback by the way Jordan opened the night. He took eight shots in the first nine minutes. He just came back out like, well, I'm still going to shoot every time I touch. And I was just kind of like watching it going like, oh my gosh, if I was one of his teammates, I would just be like, wait, wait, we've been moving the ball. We've been doing all these things. And then by the end of the night, Jordan's got 30. He literally is making all the plays late. And you're right. His presence meant that they had to pay attention to two different guys late while they're running all those routes. Abaji was in a corner, Walker was at the rim, and then Lowry and Jordan were just running route after route, and they had to keep track of both of them. They eventually kind of broke down on every possession. Lowry was unbelievable with seven straight at one point. And just think about the, the type of shots that they were getting, high-percentage shots. You know, but There was a couple of times maybe where they had to rush a, a three-point shot or something like that. Lowry posting up with a little fadeaway, which is a very high-percentage shot for him. But they ended up in that fourth quarter. It was unbelievable shooting at, at 50, about 61%. Of the shots that they were, they took 14 for 23, as a matter of fact, in, in that fourth quarter, six for 11 from the three point line. Uh, offense was dead on tonight. The story on the Raptors is that their half court offense is not good, that their offense has gotten a little bit better, that their defense had really fallen apart. We got the opposite early. They were incredible offensively. Scott Morrison, who joined us at halftime for the interview, he, he was salty. Like he was seriously salty. Like he literally said, like, we don't have enough ball pressure. We're supposed to send guys a certain direction. We don't have enough pressure on the ball to actually send them any direction because we're not close enough to make any impact. So when that happens, um, 
and and the coaches get on you, you start paying a little more attention to that. Um, not sure that the defense really picked up that much in the uh, in, in the second half, but the offense picked up and guys started to uh, you know to score. Uh, started to, and marking. Uh, I'm sorry, Laurie started protecting the basket a little bit a little bit more. It, it's it's amazing how things just start to snowball, and and I think that's what we saw tonight. Uh, and the fact that they stopped giving up transition points in that third period. It wasn't until late in that fourth quarter that you saw Barnes or or, a, or OG decided they're just going to try to take it coast to coast. That third period, we didn't see a lot of that. What we saw was a lot of Utah Jazz trying to uh, getting things together. Well, halftime fast break points were like 22 to nothing. Oh. All right. We opened the fourth quarter with Chris Dunn. Jordan Clarkson was supposedly on a minutes restriction. Ochai Abaji. Lowry Markin and Walker Kessler. And what has become the signature of Will Hardy in his coaching tenure, and maybe out of necessity and maybe out of personality, is this willingness to just kind of, there's not, certainly not set substitutions with this team. And the starting lineup, when we come to shoot around, you just don't know what the starting lineup's going to be. Like, I was surprised today. Uh, And he rolls with that group for basically 12 minutes. Yeah, he did. Which, which was awesome. I mean, it was good to see. I mean, it was good to see. Think that okay, I got to get such and such so many minutes, or I got to get another player so many minutes. And and but he was looking at the, the fact that Jazz were rolling offensively, and he, and he just went with it. I mean, they wasn't getting hurt defensively, that's for sure, because the Jazz ended up scoring forty-one points in that fourth quarter, and he was just rolling with it. And he knew that he had a couple of days off after this, and you know, let's go get him. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Collins, Section, John Collins, and. Kelly Olynyk start and basically don't play the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, you know, it, again, I'm, I hope they understand. Yeah. You know, and, and and it was rooting for, you know, the guys that was out there on the floor. But, you know, you, when you have a chance, you just it, – it's amazing. <clears throat> Think about this. Now, the – before the ball game, we talked about the Raptors not having – not have won a first quarter uh, in since November 29th. They ended up winning the first quarter against the Philadelphia 76ers, but they lost the next three. You know, and it's some a lot of that has to do. Okay, you got five guys that are rolling out there; they're getting the job done. You make some substitution, pew! All of a sudden, everything goes down, and you lose momentum. Will was not about to let that happen That's in that point. fourth quarter. Raptors, by the way, on in the fourth quarter, they were four of six at the rim. They were two of four on corner threes. They were one or two of eight in the anything that was not at the rim. And Walker did a great job of keeping off the rim. And then they were 0 for 4 and above the break threes. They're the last, they're the worst three point shooting team in the league. And it finally came back to kind of roost as they. Um, what did you see from Walker defensively? Because well, he seemed to have a massive impact around the rim. Just protecting the basket and knowing this presence is there, I think, is a huge impact as far as the Jazz defense and protecting the rim. Uh, I, I was glad to see him finally have what we would call an impact defensively. Because he needed it, he need, he needs that really bad. I, I think right now his his um, uh, his confidence level might be a, a little bit low, but the Jazz need him defensively, and hopefully he's um, he picks things up. All right. So one of the big questions on Lowry has been: Can Lowry make the jump from being a top thirty player into a top twenty player? Uh, tonight they went small, played Pascal Siakam as their center for the final seven minutes, and we scored in like eight straight possessions. So you can decide what you think of that. Um, but Lowry did some things tonight that I think worth discussing. One was the post up where he out of a timeout with like 12 on the shot clock, 
literally the play was Lowry, post up, score. Right. Like that's trying to find a way to turn Lowry into a bona fide score late in games because they have not been able to get Lowry the ball at 23 feet and have him make plays. And even at 15. So now they try to post up and he scored. The other one was the play where Lowry came around on the left side, was unavailable, and came all the way back to the right side and popped out for a three and hit it. Um, I thought we saw some big steps from him. Fourth quarter, he, he ended up with nine points, but um, 30 on the night. I thought we saw some big steps from him in the growth of like being a go-to guy tonight. And what you're talking about, David, is something that I, I hope he continues to do. That is not <clears throat> wait for the ball to come to him and free yourself and go get the basketball. What I mean by that is just don't be standing around waiting for someone to break the defense down. Give the basketball to you so you can so you can do something with it. Uh, he went from one side of the floor to the other and, and kept moving and got a very – I mean, that's that's just basketball, and, and, and hopefully he can continue to do that. I loved his reaction. We're courtside tonight, and his reaction, Woo! Yeah, he was excited. Got he excited was all fired up yeah. um, on that as he really – he was geeked on that. Uh, let's go back to Chris Dunn because I really – I actually um, – I don't want to reveal my star of the night, but I, I'm – two reasons I'm going to give Chris Dunn my, would get one of my stars tonight. Yeah. One is this is the first team that, like, kind of disrespected him defensively and like left him multiple zip codes open and he did not knock him down and then buried two of two from three in the fourth quarter after being oh of four before that and not oh not just oh of four oh of four with them like giving you the caitlin clark little one of those like it was like that kind of oh for four um so that just shows the gumption and guts that he has but I thought he was the key to everything. I thought he held the thing together. I thought he was running the possessions. I thought Coach Hardy could talk to him. I thought he got it to guys when he needed to. We had some possessions that were a little wonky, but we really used the clock right. Uh, I, and then defensively, Dennis Schroeder's not great. And so when – or Dennis Schroeder's not very good offensively. So Chris Dunn got into him enough defensively that it disrupted everything the Raptors were doing and took advantage of – when I said earlier that all of the Raptors' weaknesses showed up late, one of them is how bad their point guard play has been this year. And Schroeder's inability to get them into anything with Chris Dunn hassling them, I thought was vitally important in the fourth quarter. Now, he played 34 minutes tonight, and, and at season high. I think the old minutes was at 32, some almost 33 minutes. But he, he was on the floor quite a bit tonight. You could see the results here with, with the 13 assists. But what you're talking about defensively, I think he's probably the better defensive guard that the Jazz have had. He's six foot five, and he's knows how to play position defense. Uh, he picks up defensive fouls for the most part because he's reaching in, and, you know, those those type of things. He's going to get a, a couple of fouls, but he is a better defensive player on this team. Um, has a way, I, I think, of, of making things happen out there on the floor. You know, just not fancy stuff. Just fundamentally getting the basketball to the right people or. Uh, I thought he created a couple of, uh, at least once, for a lob there for Markin and going to the basket strictly by creating, and Markin and being not Markin and uh, Kessler being on the baseline and just lobbing it to the rim. It is going to be fascinating to see what Will Hardy does with this. Keontae was your starting point guard. Chris Dunn's played well enough to start. Colin Sexton's earned the shooting guard spot, except for the fact that Jordan Clarkson's back and just dropped thirty off the bench. Taylor, frankly, for the month of December has been awesome. Um, and is averaging 20 points a game and seven assists. This is... Is that not, a luxury or what? No, this is not, not a luxury. <laughs> this is not a luxury. This is like why you have to do meditation and other things like that. 
Uh, there is a lot to talk about tonight. We do have to catch a bus. We want to be home for our families. I do want to take one second. I want to thank the jazz organization because it's really very natural for us to spend the night here tonight for mm-hmm. basketball purposes. Fly to San Antonio tomorrow, be there, spend a Christmas as a group on the 25th together and play the 26th. And they will, or whoever decides, Sumas will, decide to get everyone home for Christmas Eve tonight. We fly late on Christmas. Uh, I I could not be more thankful. Um, Ironically enough for me personally, this was the one year I really cared if I was home because both kids are in college. So all the other years, I was like, you know, I spend all year at home with them if I miss the eight important day that shouldn't matter this was the one time i actually care because actually home so i just really want to say thank you to the jazz organization whoever made this decision um because it's super classy and frankly it's not good for basketball yeah not just you i mean the other yeah. players they have families and kids there as well and uh a great gesture it would have been just Get as easy for them to say like you know what like that's what this is what you get paid for right exactly. um so i really 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 appreciate it. all right stars tonight uh, Ron Boone, I am going to throw mine out there right away. I am going Lowry Marketing for clutch play in the fourth quarter and Chris Dunn for leading the show. And I'm going to go with Chris Dunn for leading the show and, and Jordan Clarkson's okay. play, in that, especially in that, in that third and fourth period. All right, lots of stuff to that. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Great audience tonight on the 23rd of Christmas. So thank you very much for being with us on Postcast tonight. I'm David Locke along with Ron Boone. We wish you the best. You guys are the best. Um, the passion that hopefully and enjoyment you hear from the two of us is because of the passion you bring us every night. Um, and we really, really appreciate you as, as what you bring is makes it makes this job really great. Did I tell you this? And, and for our listeners to know this, because I, I wanted to confirm this. So I went to the front desk and asked the front desk about the number of people in downtown Toronto. About 2.7, just under 3 million. People. Fourth or fifth biggest city in North America. Oh, my right? goodness. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Little tidbits from Ron Boone. Just send you out on your holiday wish. Thank you very much for tuning in. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. I'll send you now to the first ever 24-7 stream, national sports stream on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. Have a great one. Thank you very much.